Into our third hour. Welcome back. I'm Jim Rum. Nice to have you here. All right, telephone number is toll free, 1-800-636-8686. You can get in here. Having a good day, covering a lot of ground. If you want to hit me up on the X, do that at Jim Rome, as you know. And yes, you can still email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at haveatake.com. We start hour number three by having a conversation with a national college football insider for The Athletic. He is also a college football reporter for Fox Sports. He is co-host of the Audible with Stu and Bruce podcast with Stuart Mandel. He is a best-selling author whose books include The QB, The Making of Modern Quarterbacks. Of course, I'm talking about Bruce Feldman. Bruce, good to have you back. How are you doing? Doing great, Jim. Good to be on with you today. So good to have you, Bruce. Appreciate it so much. All right, so you wrote a column in The Athletic about how the college football playoff selection process played itself out, so why don't we jump right in? Alabama is in. Florida State is out. Bruce, did the committee get that one right? I don't think they did. I think what has happened, Jim, and for years, myself and a lot of other folks have always maintained that college football had the best regular season of any of the major sports, better than the NFL regular season, better than the NBA, better than baseball. And the reason for this is that small sample size of the season, but all the games matter. And what you're basically saying, if you're the college football playoff committee, is that, yeah, Florida State went 13-0. Yeah, they whipped LSU, who's one of the best teams with the best player in the SEC, did a better job on Jaden Daniels than anybody. And you're undefeated. You win a Power 5 conference, and it didn't really matter. Yeah, the games happen. The outcomes happen. But we didn't like how you looked this past weekend with your third-string quarterback. By the way, the third-string quarterback – He's not expected to be the starter come, you know, playoff time. That's the backup who, by the way, did lead them on a uh, a come from behind win last year against Louisville. Now, they're not going to factor that in and they probably shouldn't. But they should they be projecting all of this to say, hey, you know, whatever happened 13 and 0. I mean, they didn't certainly hold that Alabama didn't look very good a week ago against a really mediocre Auburn team. And by the way, that Auburn team got whipped by New Mexico State. Um, this is a 13-0 Florida State team. I really feel like they got screwed by the committee. Bruce Feldman is joining us. So, Bruce, you make a very compelling argument for Florida State. Bottom line this, in your opinion, why then did the committee choose Alabama over Florida State? I mean, I think it's really hard for them to get past this fact that an SEC champ, a one-loss SEC champ at that, would get left out of the playoff. I mean, look, it's it's... I believe this, and I think everybody who pays attention to college football believes that the SEC has definitely been the dominant conference for the last two decades. Having said that, this has not been a great year for the SEC. I mean, they didn't even have a winning record against the ACC. And I think you can nitpick a lot of this stuff. But the truth of it is when Texas went to Tuscaloosa and beat and beat Alabama handily in Tuscaloosa, I think it was going to be really hard to get past the head-to-head, even though the SEC is seems to be a better conference than the Big 12, and certainly Texas is moving to the SEC next year. But they couldn't jump, I think, and keep out an SEC, SEC champ in their heads. So what did they use to do this? Well, all right, look, I know that they're 13-0, but Florida State hasn't looked very good the last couple of weeks. And I think, and it doesn't take much to to buy into this, that there's a lot of spinning that goes on in this. And ultimately, I think they looked and said, okay, 
what is who are the best four teams and the best four teams becomes this like get out of jail free card to get the matchups that the CFP ultimately wants. I mean, by that standard, I think that's how Georgia almost got into this, right? It's like, if you're really going to say the best four teams, then why not just stick? Yeah, Georgia just lost. But, you know, we think they're probably one of the best four teams. We could say, well, Vegas would say they're one of the best four teams. But ultimately, that shouldn't be how they're deciding this at this point. I mean, you got if the games don't matter, then then don't schedule some of these non-conference, big out-of-conference games if you're going to say they just don't matter. And I think that's a hard message that Florida State is learning. I mean, look, the Vegas experts were going to say that Oregon was going to beat Washington last week. They're almost a double-digit favorite. But Washington beat them again. And, you know, at least on that part, it held out. They're 13-0. and But so is Florida State. And Florida State's getting left at home. We are talking to Bruce Feldman. So what about that? I mean, so in your opinion, Bruce, should it be the four, quote, most deserving? Or should it be the four best teams? And did they get the four best teams? I think you you can't leave out if this was a 12 and one Florida State team that had had lost, but they answered every test. That's where I feel like they kind of got left back. And I've seen some people use the, the comparison of Ohio State when they won the national title almost 10 years ago, when Cardell Jones, a backup, stepped in and looked great. And they lit up Wisconsin in the Big 12, Big 10 title game, 59 to nothing. And they ended up going on and they they won the playoff that year. The difference is that Ohio State team, they lost at home by two touchdowns to Virginia Tech. They were not undefeated. And also, when you looked at their resume, they only had one other win before the Big Ten title game against a top 25 team, and that was Michigan State. They didn't have much of a resume to stand on. Now, they were really talented, and they ended up you know, doing what they needed to do once they got their shot. But it's not a, I don't think it's a realistic comparison to say, oh, well, Ohio State looked great when Cardell Jones was the backup and Florida State looked shaky when they had to play the third string guy. I mean, to me... That that takes out what Florida State did during the regular season. It also, I think it doesn't give the credit to Florida State's defense to be as good as it has been this season. And it's been dominant, especially in recent weeks when it had to be. Bruce Feldman joining us. So, Bruce, what about Florida State and the ACC? Are they not also to blame for their own demise for participating in the alliance that delayed that 12-team playoff until next year? Well, that definitely doesn't help the perception of this, that the ACC decided to delay this or that's what, you know, some of the chatter we've heard and out of this. And so it looks like it's irony there. You know, uh, ultimately, I think that's the part that if you're a, you know, I don't think it makes it any easier if you're a Florida State player, if you're Jordan Travis, you know, when he's commenting about, uh, you know, how he had wished he had had gotten the injury sooner so they could have had more of a, you know, more of a sample size to show what this team is made out of. It's, you know, it's unfortunate that this is the system that college football has. Uh, it's going to expand next year to 12 teams. And I think there's less of an argument when we are talking about who is 11, who's 12, who's 13, 14, as opposed to, in this case, you have five power five conferences. There was always this potential for somebody to get screwed and this is the one year it really was a glaring omission. Yeah, I mean, Bruce, to me, the shock is not that this happened, but that, that this didn't happen sooner. I mean, the math never worked. It never worked. You've got four chairs and you've got five power conferences. Let me ask you this. In defense of the argument that you're making, I would agree in this sense. Like, to me, I think they got screwed. I think they got jammed, absolutely. But I'm not at all surprised if the committee did this because of, well, 
eyeballs, buzz, ratings, interest, et cetera, et cetera. But let me ask you this. If Florida State, if the committee is going to make the argument that Florida State, frankly, is not the same team that they were, and certainly not in the last few weeks, if that's the case, why did the committee have them at number four last week? That's a great question. And I think the one thing that they'll circle back with is, well, they didn't look very good in this game. The hard part of that is, that you're basically saying that the the freshman Brock Glenn who went in there, who's the third string guy, he would not be the guy who will be who would be starting the playoff. So I think it's a little bit of a red herring to put it out that way. But Florida State needed with everybody else, they needed, you know, if they had won 28 to nothing, would that have been resounding enough? My guess is it probably still wouldn't have been enough. And just like if there was a catastrophic injury at the end of the game for Alabama where you know, Jalen Milrow would have gotten hurt and wouldn't have been able to start the playoff. I suspect they wouldn't have done the same thing. I mean, at this point, I think the the benefit of the doubt is way out the window with the CFP. Um, there's no way of knowing for sure any of those things would be the way they are. I just think they have left themselves open to a whole lot of skepticism and a whole lot of conspiracy theory at this point. Bruce Feldman joining us. Hey, Bruce, before you go, if you don't mind, it's an excellent column. You should go read that on The Athletic. Bruce, with the bowl season about to start, that also means that the transfer portal season is underway. Your colleague with The Athletic, Max Olson, pointed out 500 scholarship FBS players entered the portal. That sets a new record. Who were some of the most notable names that jumped out to you? Well, I start with the quarterbacks. Dylan Gabriel from Oklahoma was a is a prolific quarterback. He started his career at UCF. Now the question is, where does he go? You know, we we think USC with Caleb Williams moving on will be in the market. We know Lincoln Riley's had success with the Oklahoma quarterbacks before. Um, the, is that a case where Ohio State will be in the market? We know Ryan Day has had a ton of success developing quarterbacks. Uh, Dylan Gabriel's old offensive coordinator at now two places. Jeff Levy became the head coach at Mississippi State. Does Oregon try to get him? I mean, there. that's the part where this is going to get interesting is I think you're going to see a lot of bidding wars. Cam Ward is a really uh, talented quarterback at Washington State. He may Everything Max and I have heard is that he's probably leaning towards going into the NFL draft. But does somebody throw enough money at him to convince him to maybe stay in college one more year and develop because this is obviously a loaded draft for quarterbacks. Maybe it's in his best interest, if the money is right, to stay stay and hold on and see what, he, what his options are going to be a year from now. Hey, Bruce, one last question. Nobody was more aggressive with the portal than Deion Sanders when he arrived at Colorado. Now he's dealing with top recruits decommitting. He's got numerous assistant coaches departing from Boulder. He was the hottest thing in all sports for a minute. But everybody had to know that that was not immediately sustainable and adversity would hit once they got into conference play. We knew this, but exactly how is this falling apart the way it is? For instance, is it a six-game losing streak to end the season, or are there bigger issues within that program that maybe we don't know about? Yeah, we did a big story on this at The Athletic last week with my uh, with my colleagues on this, Sam Khan and David Ubbin. And one of the things we really kind of got into was just – you can it's I don't want to say it's built on a house of cards because in one sense you had Shador as a really talented quarterback you have some really good receivers and some pretty good defensive backs what they just did not have was guys in the trenches and you know we talked to a lot of coaches who, who pointed out 
you know, the culture building, the development piece, you can't just flip the switch and expect that to take off. Those are the things that ultimately are going to help this program sustain. Now, question is, how much better can he get, you know, get on both sides of the ball in the trenches? We know he's going to go hard into the portal. He's lost a bunch of good assistants now, which isn't entirely surprising. Sean Lewis got, you know, got the head coaching job at San Diego State. His offensive line coach was coming with him. You know, his top, Dion's top recruiter, uh, Nick Williams, is a, was a defensive line coach with a lot of strong connections as a recruiter. Now he's going to Syracuse to that staff. So I think for Dion, the big part is going to be how much better can he get in the trenches, especially on the O-line. And that's the part where ultimately they wore down. And over the first month of the season, they looked pretty good. And I think they did battle at a lot of times and they were close on a, on a handful of other games that they didn't win. But it's, it's what can you do in terms of for staying power? Because it's like, I think it was, it's one thing to go from horrible, which they were before you got the job, to respectable and that's what they were last year but it's a bigger step to go from one win to four wins to really make it to be an eight or nine win team where you can give your guys a fighting chance i think they're going to in the big 12 it's they probably won't see as tough a competition as some of the teams they saw in the pac 12 because you've had a lot of quarterbacks who came back and they got in these shootouts where they ultimately couldn't keep up in most of them I think if he can get better, and that's the challenge, is convincing good assistant coaches to come in now after year one of this and buy in. Because I think there are going to be a lot of kids who still want to play for Deion Sanders and still want to be a part of this. I think there will be a lot. It's just you have to get some really mature physical kids, and that's what they didn't have enough of last year. He is Bruce Feldman, a National College Football Insider for The Athletic, also a college football reporter for Fox Sports and a best-selling author, a good friend of the program. Bruce, always good to have you on. Thank you so much. Great job, as always. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jim. You got it, Bruce. Great job. Good information, as always. All right. You have your phone number. You can react to any of that. What do you make of that? So, Dion's losing assistance. He's got top recruits who are decommitting. What's going on there? I mean, there's going to be some turnover, obviously, right? But what else is going on there? You knew, as I mentioned, that once they got to conference season, they were going to get punched in the face. That it was not sustainable. That fast start was not sustainable. That in and of itself, no matter what happened in conference play, it was going to be deemed a successful season, right? Well, if that's the case, then why is everybody abandoning ship? Why is the recruiting class what it is? Why is he losing assistant coaches? Sean Lewis was obvious. He demoted him after three games. This guy was a head coach who came over to be a part of this, and Dion demoted him. Of course, he was getting another opportunity, and he did, and he jumped. In fact, we'll probably have him on at some point, sooner than later, I would think. So I could see where they, I could see why he didn't want to stay. But what about recruits? Top recruits that are decommitting. What's going on here? Is it because they lost eight out of nine? Maybe. But it seems to me that there's something else. I'm not sure what it is. I'm not there. But to Bruce's point, one thing to go from one win to four wins, but how do you go from four wins to eight wins or nine wins and do it consistently? Better start in the trenches. All right, so when we come back, some other things. You know what? Before it's too late, I think I want to go back and talk about what happened over the weekend. And some things do hold until Tuesday. Ime Udoka talking junk to LeBron. LeBron taking offense to that. 
and people speculating as to what might have happened had something happened. I've got thoughts on that. That's coming up, and in the meantime, you can go anywhere you want with it. In fact, I would encourage you to go anywhere you want with it. A couple of more thoughts. Jack Savage is going to see Grandpa. Grandpa is on the committee. So I'm not going to say. Jack will do what Jack does because he is an assassin. Grandpa. Hey, I had something funny happen to me this morning. I went into Starbucks, and for the first time in my life, I didn't break out the old school wad with the rubber band. I downloaded the app. I ordered ahead. Dude, should have seen. And keep in mind, I go to the same Starbucks every morning for years. I order the exact same thing every morning for years. I'm the last human being, I think, that pays cash in a Starbucks. I rolled right in there, and instead of going right to the cash register the way I do every single morning, I veered and made a hard right and went to the counter where my drink and my food items were set up. Picked them up. And never mind that had I done this from day one, I, I don't know what kind of rewards points they give you. I don't know if you just get drinks and grub, but given what I've spent and how long I've done this, I should have got a house for it. Or at least a trip to Bora Bora. Anyway, what was almost priceless, however, was the look on the face of my gal, Daisy. I said, yo, Daisy, what up? Because I see Daisy every morning. She knows my order. We know what it costs. I'm like, how you like me now, D? She's like, she okay, she wears a mask still, post-pandemic, which I respect. I do. She covers her face. She covers her mask with her hand, like, and she's speechless. What? Jim? What? I don't even think she said Jim. Like, what? What? You, you're using the app? They had brought it up once, I want to say, maybe a year ago. And I'm like, I, I got to do this, right? The shock. Like, I don't know. She didn't put it together. Like, that, that, that pile of food and that drink. I'm the only one who orders those three things. I guarantee it. Over the course of any week, I guarantee I'm the only one. Who else could that have been for at that same time? And still, she was utterly shocked. I can't wait to see her again the next time and have that conversation. Like, she was speechless. It doesn't make any sense. I feel like I just joined everybody in 2023. In terms of how much time did it shave from the routine, I mean, not much. Because when I go in there, there's generally nobody in there. But I did say, I said, hey, ladies, we're still good. We're still going to hang out. I'm st- we're still going to have our moments because we have a moment every morning. It's only one moment. But I can't all of a sudden just go rolling through there and not say, hey, yo, Val, what up? Yo, Daisy, what up? How y'all living? Because they're always in such good moods. I, I totally respect the Starbucks crew that I see. It's early in the morning and they're always happy. They're always in good moods. We're friends. One of them once said to me, Jim, you're my favorite. It's all good and now I'm going to bypass all of that. Why? I want the points, yo. I probably could have built a house. Hey, can somebody answer me? Like, what do I get for all that? Just a free drink on my birthday? If, if all I get is a free drink on my birthday, I'm going to go back to the wad. And what? no, because it doesn't save time for me in the morning. Anyway, that was my morning. Thought I would share that. Let y'all know I've taken a big step in my life. I downloaded that app. 
finally. Finally. All right, stay with it. And Jack is going to see Grandpa. I don't know what that conversation is going to be like, but Gramps is on the selection committee. Is your babysitter Barry Zito going to be there for dinner too, dude? Because if Barry's going to be there, I'm coming over. Like, I want to see Gramps. Mad respect for Gramps. But if Gramps and Barry are there, I'm going to do something I've never done. I'm going to invite myself to dinner. All right, we'll come right back. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. The ones who get it done, Granger is offering supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Car click Granger.com or stop on by. Here's the thing. I gave you the positive about Starbucks. It's not all good. It's not all positive. As that was a really good experience this morning, and even before I started using the app, you know, because I've used it so long once, I always had a good experience in the morning before I come in here. Unfortunately, half the time on the weekend, you may say, that's interesting, Rome, what's your weekend routine? If you have a work routine, do you also hit the caffeine as hard in the morning on the weekends? Great question. And the answer to that is frequently yes. Why would I do that? You know, I'm not content intensive as early on Saturday morning. Why would I do that? Why? The 42, the grub, the poor choices made on Friday night. So I want to get right and I want to so-called ride the hate off. Me and the good brothers talk about this. You know, go to the gym. Brother. Or in my case, get on the pelly and ride the hate off. In order to ride the hate off, and the hate being consumption on Friday night, I still want that nitro. Here's the difference. When I go in on a weekday morning, I'm like this. If you're watching me on TV, business casual, quaffed, cleaned up, looking good, feeling good. When I get up early Saturday morning and it's still dark out, I'm not even going to lie. I don't want to do all that. Throw the hat on backwards, put on some sweats, get in the car, go to the drive-thru. The drive-thru is considerably farther away than when I walk into in the morning. But it's worth it as opposed to trying to get all cleaned up and gussied up just to get my coffee. Problem is, the drive-thru that I go to, 50% of the time, the nitro machine is busted. And then, if I'm late, then I get stuck in the drive-thru. It's one thing if I'm the first one there, I can drive right through. I'm pissed, but I can drive right through. But if you get stuck, and it happens half the time, like Starbucks, hello, I just gave you a lot of love five minutes ago, so let me ask you this question. You're freaking Starbucks. How does your nitro machine not work? Right? If it goes down for even one hour, is there not a nitro tech or a nitro repairman to come in and fix that thing? And the worst part is, I mean, can you, can you just plug it and unplug it? Can you reset it? I mean, you're freaking Starbucks. How can your nitro machine not work? What are you going to tell me next? Your coffee makers don't work? So what do I do? I get up on Saturday mornings and I have this debate with myself. What are you going to do, dude? What are you going to do? Is it worth it? Are you going to roll the dice? Are you going to roll the dice? Two weeks ago, I did. Crapped out. So pissed. So then 
this past Saturday, I'm like, there's no way it happens again. Roll the dice. Snake eyes. Two weeks in a row. I'm never again going back there. Never again. App or not. So I just want to give you the good and the bad. The good is my morning crew in the morning. The bad news is when I drive on Saturdays and Sundays, man, half the time, that thing's busted. And if you're going to say to me, what's the big deal, Rome? Just get a cold brew. It's not the same. Anybody who drinks that nitro knows it's not the same. That stuff's like rocket fuel. That's why I'm willing to get up and drive so I can get on the bike. You feel me? You feel me, cameraman? Are you following me, camera guy? Hey, Romer, welcome to the party, pal. Shockingly yours, Daisy and Val. See, that's not even accurate. Daisy was speechless. She was in shock. Val, who runs the place, seemed to know. Hey, somebody put that food in that order over there. If Daisy was in shock and Val was not, I think Val filled the order, but she was too busy to chat me up about it. She will tomorrow. Hey, Jim, I can just hear Daisy now. Why, why, why? Mark in Toledo. I don't think she's asking why. She's just in shock. They just thought that I'd forever be that dude, the loser with the band and the rubber band over the wad, paying cash. Hi, Jim. Just wait until you realize you can pay for your Starbucks on your Apple Watch. The future is now, pimp. Bella being Calgary. Bella, that's cool. You know, Bella, hate to say this, Bella, but I don't use the watch for anything other than a watch. I know. I know. But, but Bella, at least I have the watch. You see this watch? You see this watch? You see this watch? I don't watch? use it for anything but a watch. You see this watch? You see this watch? It's just watch a watch. You see this watch? I don't use it I for the fitness apps. You see this watch? You see this watch? I don't use it for coffee. It's just a watch. It's just a watch. You see this watch? It's just a watch. You see this watch? All right, there's, there's the caffeine conversation. The caffeine part of the program. Let's go to San Jose. RJ in San Jose. RJ, what's cracking? How are you? Uh, great, Jim. Love your show. Just really quick. The, uh, last Thursday, I got up early, grumpy. I was helping a friend move, went to the Starbucks, and this impossibly bubbly, cute, fun person behind the, the counter. They all look like high school people to me because I'm 65, but she gives me my latte and goes, Happy Friday, Junior. You <laughs> made my day. I've never heard that before about a Thursday. Anyway, love your show. Bye. Thanks, dude. That, that's hilarious. Happy Friday, Junior. I've never heard that either. They are impossibly bubbly for the most part. The, the ones I deal with are for sure. And it's always early in the morning. Sometimes they're locked and they're a little busy or they're a little behind so we don't have quite the conversation. But generally, they're very happy to see you, which is nice, man. I like that. Because I throw down a considerable amount of money. If I was getting a bad vibe, like you wouldn't want to start your morning with bad energy. That's just not a bad way to go. That's why sometimes when people would come in here early in the morning, because it's early in the morning, they'd be like, no names mentioned. Like my guy, Rit. Rit used to come in here and grumble, man. Who straightened him out? Might have been Hawk. Somebody said at one point, hey, yo, bro. Don't be coming in here grumbling. That's not the way to start the morning. Host is not going to take kindly to that. And Ritt's a good dude. Ritt's one of my favorite guys. We Ritt, Ritt is in great standing in the jungle always. And then he's because he's happy. Ritt is happy. Thank but he, you. he gets that. He once in a while would get in that bitter old man thing going. 
usually to start the morning. <laughs> so he clean, he straightened that up. I don't know if his sciatic flared up. You know, he's kind of like shaking it out, or it was just early in the morning. I don't know if he needed that sugar boost. He wasn't a caffeine guy. He was a straight sugar fiend. He, in fact, he didn't drink any coffee. Ritt was the rare guy who worked early in the morning that never drank coffee. He was straight sugar. Can't do it, baby. Can't do it. Can't do it, baby. Straight sugar. Straight sugar. Red hot cocoa, baby. Lots of it. Double me up. Double me up. Ritt's the only guy that Mm. I've ever known this show in the history of the show that would just stack candy on his desk. I'm like, dude, I know you're like 80, but why do you act like you're eight? You're, you're eating candy at work? Mm. He'd eat candy on the other side of the glass during the show. And I don't mean in and around Halloween when there's just some leftover candy. I mean, my man's eating candy in the spring. He's eating candy in the fall. He's eating candy in the middle of summer. Damn right. That's how I roll. That's how he rolls. Yo, Rit, what up, dude? We still think about you. Like when I come here in the morning, Chalk is always real good about, good morning, Jim. And I know Chalk feels like hell. On some mornings, probably every morning. But he's good about that. And was like, yo, dude, what up? And Savage comes in like, eh, eh, good morning. But then he'll get his coffee in him. He perks right up. Alvy just doesn't talk to me unless I talk to him. And Cindy's always pro. Cindy's always happy. Cindy's always upbeat. She's always got a good vibe and good energy. And she's got the longest commute of anybody. Cindy, like, drives in from Arizona every morning. And she's still in the best mood. I like that guy, RJ, in San Jose, saying I normally don't go into Starbucks, but I had, to move. I had to move somebody, so I was already in a bad mood. And some youngster said, Happy Friday, Junior! Happy Friday, Junior! I don't think I'm going to drop that on my crew at Starbucks. I'm going to bust them with that on Thursday. Because they usually hit me with, Almost a Friday! I'm going to hit them with, Happy Friday, Junior! Okay, thanks for playing along. When we come back. In the meantime, Big Head is sticking up for Dion. He's just blowing me up. Like, he's, he's sucking people in. He's playing possum. He's going to get all this hate. Meantime, Head actually just hit me with Darian Hagen also left. That's a buff legend. It's going to be interesting. All right. Time now for a sports update. I mean, I don't want to keep this thread going, but you're keeping it going. And it's pretty funny. Welcome back. This guy writes, surprise, surprise. The workers at Starbucks are happy and full of energy at 5 o'clock in the morning. Of course they are. They're mainlining that nitro before they unlock the doors. TMS. Number one, I just got through telling you that half the time at that one Starbucks, the machine is busted. So they're not. Number two, honestly, I've never seen anybody drink that stuff but me. Somebody must, but I've never actually seen any patron, let alone a worker, drink it. I only know about it because one day Jake Rome tipped me off to it. I've always been anti-cold coffee my whole life. My old man used to drink iced coffee, 
And I used to think mad tastes like ass. I never understood it at all, at all. And for some reason, one day, Jake Rome hit me up when he was still in college. Hey, Pop, you ever try nitro? I'm like, yeah, I'm not about that. I'm not about that life. He's like, you should try it. And then I had it. I'm like, damn, I am about that life. That, that got the job done. You know why I liked it? Because I can get through it faster. Get it done. Like the way it feels. Get to work. In defense of the Starbucks workers, he said, surprise, surprise, they're happy and full of energy at five. Of course, they are. They're mainlining that nitro. I can only speak to the branch that I go to. I never see actual coffee drinks in front of them. I see some of them drinking water in the morning. But honestly, I don't know. Maybe they slammed it when they got in. But sometimes I beat them in. So I don't see them go right to it. They're working. They're kind of scurrying about. So I don't think that's it. No, in defense of them, I think they're just happy. Some are a little moodier than others, like anybody else. Happy Friday, Junior. <laughs> but no, I, I don't think that's the case. I think that they're happy. I think they're happy they have a good job, probably have good benefits. I think, and we got into this on the reinvention project, people burn out. I had a guest talk about this recently. People burn out at work, not because of the job often, but because of the people they work with. If you like who you work with, there's a much lesser chance of burning out. This guy writes, why doesn't DJ want to go with you on Saturday morning? Will be. Good question. That's fair. Because DJ doesn't want to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning to get coffee. DJ would rather sleep in on Saturday, at least past 5. She's not like like Logan and sleeping, or Jake and sleeping till. 11 after going on a bender but she's not getting up at five with me or even six plus she's decaf she can just make her own decaf at home are you kidding me if i fed dj nitro she'd stay awake for a month this guy's great dear tan smack yeah the baristas are glad to see you they love you sincerely associates at the script club PJ and Pearland. Good one, PJ. They're baristas, not strippers. Scoop club. They're baristas, not scrippers. Scoop club. Associates at the script club. Scoop club. You know, I like you. You're not like the others. Oh, okay. <laughs> this guy's great, too. Vance Mack. Not sure what they're putting in the coffee in SoCal. But the Starbucks I go to here in the southern Denver metro area is staffed with surly, angry baristas. Kim and the ironically named Sonny are more like dealing with ticket scalpers than baristas. Consider yourself lucky. Wore a weekly Alvin segment. Tim and Denver, that's funny, dude. They're more like ticket scalpers than baristas. Consider yourself lucky. I do. I told you that. I wouldn't want to go there if I got a bad vibe. I probably would end up going there anyway because I'm about the nitro. But if I had a bad energy or a bad vibe from the place, I'd probably still go there. It's all about time. I don't have time in the morning. War a weekly Alvin segment. I'll pitch that. Alvin, how do you feel about that? That's a no. Alvin just laughed in your face. That's a no. (laughs) Palm Springs is in. Snagger. 
I like watching the car chase every night in L.A., but there's nothing worse than the road rage trying to cross a lane of traffic to get in the Starbucks drive-thru. Depends when you go, man. But I agree, it can get ugly. This guy's on to something. At Oilers Fan 83, Dear Jim, with all those new Starbucks points, you can rebuild the boathouse in Eagle River. Can I? I want to know what I get. Do I just get drinks on my birthday? Do I get pastries that I don't want? Or do I get money? Or can I get a boathouse? The boathouse still has not been redone. There are still Playboys in there from the 70s. There's still bat crap in there from who knows how long. We've done nothing to the boathouse at all. Prozac from LFK. I drink the cold brew nitro at a shot. It's the only reason I go there. War homeboy from Houston. Houston's nuts dropping soon. Hey, Zach, you want to know what? Full transparency. up on everybody. Full transparency, bro. You and I do the same thing. I add a shot to mine, too. I have an ad shot on mine. Dude, but here's the question, though. Do you go grande? I go grande. Romy, sorry if this has been asked before. What is your go-to Starbucks drink with exact specifications? Grande Nitro Cold Brew with an ad shot. And the amazing thing is, I'm going to say two years into that, they changed the shot. They said, hey, would you want this shot instead? It's even more, more fuel. I'm like, yes, yes. Here's where my routine changed. Savage and the fellas, and people have been in my head about this. Dude, you better start hydrating. You need to hydrate. You can't go right to coffee in the morning the way you do, especially the way you do. So what I've done is I've cut, I've diluted and cut the nitro by I drink a portion of it on the way in, and then I immediately go to water and start smashing water. And I never did that in the past. So now the nitro, like for instance, as we sit here right now, I have not finished the nitro from this morning. Anybody else? Rome, Rome, can you hear me, Rome? Did you kill the nitro machine? Yeah. Uh, Regards Starbucks barista trying to repair the yeah. nitro machine. Yeah, Jeff, that's stupid, that man. Now? That's not funny. That doesn't make sense. It's not funny. You know, if you want to ask if I wrecked the pace car, we can talk about that, which I didn't. Why would I kill what I need? Why would I kill what I love? Why would I kill what I got out of bed and drove... A great distance. Chief, just stop. Stop being you, dude. Change your name. Get get a new identity, dude. Do something. Just stop. Huge call today brought to you by Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger is offering supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call or click Granger.com or stop on by. That's Happy it. Friday, Junior. So it's Wednesday, Junior. Happy Wednesday, Junior. <laughs> Too Happy much. Happy Friday, Junior. It's Monday, Senior. Happy Friday, Junior. Happy Monday, Senior. I'm looking ahead to tomorrow. Look at this. 
RG3? RG3 in the jungle tomorrow. We got that to look forward to. All right, my thanks to... Look at... 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 It's RJ3. RG3. Fired up for that. All right, good day today. want to thank my guests for coming through. Will Anderson Jr., Bruce Feldman, the XR4TI. Hey, Jack Savage, give him my best to granddad. Good job, Chalk. Way to go. Way to have a good attitude in the morning. Hey, Albie, get ready for your weekly segment. It's coming. <laughs> Y'all, thanks for listening. See you. We're out.